This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Matt Bolin of Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, uh, Jim, if you could cut the heat, I am uh, going to definitely be sweating pretty profusely up here. But uh, if we could do that, that would be great. Um, also, I do want to say this. Today is a very special day. For those that don't know, the gentleman who is normally in here, Pastor Stormy, today is his birthday. So we asked him what he really wanted for his birthday, and he said, you know what I'd really want? I would love to speak to our youth. And so Pastor Jimmy reluctantly, no, I'm just kidding. Pastor Jimmy said, absolutely, come and speak. And so Pastor Stormy's down at the youth service, speaking tonight to our youth. And uh, so if you get a chance to go by and see him, tell him happy birthday. Um, He's a young 45. He's a good-looking 45. I think he's a little older than that, but we'll keep it at there. So you can tell him uh, happy birthday and... uh, he, is, uh, he will shock you how old he is because he looks very good for his age. So um, we're excited about that, so definitely go by and tell him happy birthday. Um, and so I get an opportunity to talk to you tonight. And tonight's message, if you're taking notes, is this. It's following the God map. Following the God map. And so um, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you turn to two scriptures. Two scriptures. Psalms chapter 119. Psalms 119, pretty much open the Bible right in the middle is where it should be. Psalms 119, if you want to put a a marker there, that's where we're going to start. But the next scripture we're going to go to to take time or to save time, you can find Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Joshua. It always, I always remember that. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. You know, you can, you know, it's a good way to remember those things. Uh, But uh, as you're doing that, go ahead and mark right there, Joshua chapter 4. That'll give you a good opportunity to flip over there here real quick. So let's go ahead and pray one more time, if you would. Bow your heads. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come. Once again, just to honor you, to live and to to just be able to come into this house and worship you. Father, I ask that you would help me just to speak this message. Father, I pray that you would grace me with your words. Grace me with your lips, Father. Grace me with your tongue, Father. That, That your words would be spoken tonight, Father that we could be impacted and so touched and know that the love of God is in this room. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. I ask that you would give illustrations and points to drive home these thoughts and help us to remember. And, Father, most of all, that we would leave changed and affected forever. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do tonight. I ask for open hearts and ears to receive what you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 119. We're going to go off of verse 105 to start with right here. Psalms 119, 105 says this. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. This is an incredible scripture right here because it basically tells us that when we trust God in this area, he's going to light our path. He's going to show us a way. It's what we sang in, in the, some of the songs tonight that talked about his light is a, it's a light into the darkness. And this is what it comes back down to. Your word, this This word right here is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. If I'm not sure where to go, this is where I need to go in order to find what I need to be doing, where I need to go. If you'll flip over verse 130, it says this. It says, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Now, I love that scripture because that really helps me. I don't know about anybody else, but that helps me. I I believe I have a simple mind sometimes, and I, I like things to be simple. When they're simple... I'm really good at them. When they become really hard, I get a little bit slower in those things. But I I love how it says that right there. The unfolding of your words gives light. And when I started thinking about this, 
I started thinking about different illustrations and things, and I, I thought about unfolding things. I thought about unfolding that map. And I remember, and, and for those of you that are, you know, are, you remember the days when you actually used to have maps. It wasn't phones. It wasn't GPSs. It wasn't those things. I remember my grandparents used to have this bag in their car. And I remember asking, what's the bag? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Well, you'd pull that bag out. They would have maps of everything. And I'm telling you everything. They'd have a map of, of the city of Grand Junction. I'm like, we live here. And, and they would have a map of Colorado and a map of New Mexico and a map of Utah and a map of this and a map of Denver. And, ma- and they would have all these maps and they'd have to buy all this stuff. And then one of the greatest inventions ever came out called the Atlas. That was the coolest thing because then they were all together and it was a book and you got to put it in there and you could go through. And I remember those days, but I remember maps and unfolding those things to try to go. And it was funny because I, I remember the passenger was always in charge of unfolding and telling the driver where to go. You know, you got this big thing that's in front of you, and I think we're going the right way. But I remember those maps and how it unfolded and showed us the way to go. Well, it's the same thing here. We get to understand that God has an incredible plan for us, that it's almost like an unfolding of the map, that here we are at this starting gate. We're here, right here, starting this, and we're on a journey, and we're going from this point to this point. And the cool thing about it is there's so many ways to get there. Once we choose to have that relationship with God, it's from this point to here, we get to choose where we end up by the choices we make. And, and as, they, as things unfolded, God started showing some different things to me. God always has a journey set for us. I love the word an adventure. When you think of your life as an adventure, for, a, for me, for a guy, I'm thinking, man, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to do something. We're going to race. We're going to run. We're going to do this. That's why every time I'm out on the, the roads, you know this, gentlemen, if you're in here and you know this and you're out on the road, you're always in a race. You're racing somebody to get to the next one. They don't know you're racing, but you're in a race. You are winning the race if you pass someone. If you get past, you're in second. You know you've got to get around that guy. You've got to do those things. Well, that's one of those things. You're always in a race. There's an adventure going on. And I love how God takes us on these things. And he takes our, our personalities and our likenesses and says, here, this is what we're going to do. He takes us on this map, and it's amazing when we start to include God into this journey. And, and, and if you think back to before the days when you, you were without God and to the days that now that you're with God, if you've accepted Jesus, you, you realize there's a difference from then till now. I know that back then, I, I was a mess. I made a lot of bad decisions. I, I wasn't, uh, and I've said this before, I wasn't that bad of a kid. I didn't do crazy things. You know, I didn't blow anything up yet. You know, I was close. I, I tried some awful things. But I remember when that change happened in my life. Something changed forever. And, and I remember just not being the same, not wanting to do the same things. It was just like it didn't feel right. And I love that because I realized I'm in a whole new, wear, whole new world. I'm ready to experience things I've never experienced before. And this is what God's trying to get across to us, is that when we get saved, we start a whole new journey. But the best thing about it is we're not walking through darkness. We've now got a light that's right in front of us, taking us and saying, come, follow me. Let me show you where to go. Let me show you what to do. And the best thing about it is he's the one who created you. The Bible says in Psalms 139, it says that I created you from the innermost being, that I knit you together, that your dreams, your desires, everything that you have in your life, those were hand-placed by God. That is one of the stitches that God has. 
I, I've shared this before in a sermon um, when I talked about the, the lamin. The lamin is the smallest thing that we've ever found in our bodies. It, it's the thing that holds our entire bodies together. When you go back and you, and you look at that, the, the lamin is a picture of a cross. That at the very core of all that we're made of is the cross. And without the cross, we'd fall apart. It's the same thing in our lives in general. Without the cross, we would fall apart. And a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in some things because we make decisions based off of the moment or based off of the situation or the circumstance. And we try to justify some things. But when we pull the cross out of our life, we're pulling God out of our life and we're back to trying to do it on our own. And this is where God comes back to us and he helps us to understand something. In Joshua chapter 4, we're talking about the Israelites right here. And they're coming across. They've just now been set free. And they're coming out. And Joshua's leading them. And he's going to this thing and God speaks to Joshua's heart. Listen to what goes on here. I'm going to read this out of the message just because I like the way it says it right here. It says, when the whole nation had finally crossed, God spoke to Joshua. Select 12 men from the people a man from each tribe, and tell them, from right here, in the middle of the Jordan, where the feet of the priest are standing firm, take 12 stones, carry them across with you, and set them down in the place where you camp tonight. Now, I I love this. God has started to do something within me that words are jumping off of the page. Things that I've read through, that I've gone through, many, many times are now starting, I'm catching words in there that I've never seen before. But I want you to listen what it said right here. It said from right here. These are the stones that God said to pick. He said these words. He said from right here in the middle of the Jordan. Right here in the middle of the Jordan. But listen to these key words right here. Where the feet of the priests are standing firm. Where the, priest, where the feet of the priests are standing firm. Now I started to think about this. And growing up, I grew up in Colorado. And, and we had mountains all over the place. And I remember going into to rivers and going into lakes and doing these things and swimming. And if you've ever been in a, a river, they're not very firm down at the bottom. When you get to the middle of a lake or a middle of a, a river, it's usually pretty rough. You're not just walking across doing this. You're more like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to find your footing and you're doing these things. But I think it was amazing that God says from right in the middle where you see the priest standing firm, I want you to take 12 stones. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a minute. Let me finish reading. Verse 4 says, Joshua called out the 12 men whom he selected from the people of Israel, one man from each tribe. Joshua directed them, cross to the middle of the Jordan, take your place in front of the chest, in the chest of God, your God. Each of you have let, have, you heft a stone to your shoulder, a stone for each of the tribes of the people of Israel. So you'll have something later to mark the occasion. When your children ask you, what are these stones to you? You'll say, the flow of the Jordan was stopped in front of the chest of the covenant of God as it crossed the Jordan, stopped in its tracks. These stones are permanent memorials for the people of Israel. This is the importance of what God is trying to get across here. Every one of us have things that happen in our life. The Israelites went through 10 amazing adventures just to get to the land that God had promised them. Amazing things were happening. The rivers were stopped. A stone, when it rolled, they went. When it stopped, they stopped. Pretty easy to follow that. But I think about all these things that God went through and did for these people 
to show them how much he loved them. And then he says this. He says, it's not just about you. I want you to take 12 stones, big stones, put them up on your shoulders, and I want you to take them, and I want you to put them on the side, and I want you to stack them there so that when your children come and they look at those stones, they'll look and they'll say, what are those stones right there? And you'll be able to look at them and say, let me tell you about how amazing our God is. Let me tell you about the God that I serve. Let me tell you what this God did for us. No matter what we did, we complained, we whined, we cried, we did all this stuff. But let me tell you how God loved us beyond all that. He came and he said, those stones, see those stones right there? Those stones represent when God stopped everything just to show us how much he loved us. And you think about that, no matter how bad the day is, those people would walk by that and they would see those stones and they would look over there at those stones and they would say, it's going to be okay, I've got God. No matter how unsteady things are, they look and they say, I remember. I remember the day we did that. I remember the priests were standing on firm ground when everything else around them was flowing, when it shouldn't have been firm, when it shouldn't have been going right. They were standing on firm ground. I've still got a God that stands and creates firm ground under me. We've got a choice that we've got to make, but it wasn't just for them, it was for the generations after. Those are memorials that are set up. When we talk about memorials, these are things that are created. The the definition of memorials is serving to preserve the memory of a person, thing, or an event. And a memorial is something to help us to get an idea of what truly happened there. It's not just something that says, oh yeah, I remember something about that. If you've ever been to the, the Smithsonian, you see these pictures of, of the, the Holocaust and different things like that. There, there are things out in Washington, D.C. that will just blow your mind of how this country was founded. I believe today we've forgotten a lot of those things. It was said years ago, and people looked and laughed and said, that'll never happen. They said, take as many pictures as you can of what is going on here, because eventually they'll try to say that this never really happened. And in in textbooks today, they're trying to say that the Holocaust was just a myth, that it never really happened. I want you to understand, those things happen for a reason. They happen to help us to remember how amazing our God is. That there are people here in this world that will make bad decisions, but we've got a God that can still serve above and beyond them. We've got to trust and we've got to rely in what God's doing. Memorials are a way to remember moments in our life. And we have a better way of understanding this. We don't have memorials. I don't know if anybody has memorials at their house in the backyard. They build a bunch of stones or they've done this. But what we have is we have what's called memories. We have memories. If we were to plan out, if we had a 3D printer and we we were able to put all these things out and we were able to say, here's where I started with God and let me show you what happened. God did this and God did this and God did this and God did this. As you keep walking along, you could take a look back and say, why am I worried God did this? I remember when, I'm just going to keep going because I know as long as I keep my eyes on God, as long as I keep focused on there, there is nothing that we cannot do. Because the Bible says in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All things through Christ who gives me strength. These memorials help us to move forward to keep our mindset right. Because I want you to understand, the world says, get what you need 
for right now, and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But the Word of God says, no, keep your eyes on me. Let's deal with today, and let live for me today. And when tomorrow comes, wake up with the attitude that says, today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. He didn't say, I will rejoice in next week's day. He said, I will rejoice in it today. Today is the day. Today's the day that we look at God and we say, I thank you, God. Today's another day I get to honor you. Today's another day that I get to share your love. Today's another day that maybe I'll deal with people that are going to be mad and upset, but you know what? Maybe I'll be the one that can give them a smile to change their attitude. Maybe I'll be the one that can pick up something or bless them in a way that they've never been blessed before that may open things up. That's what God's talking about. These memorials help us to move forward in everything that we do. Just like a map, it shows us three main things that happen. The map always shows us where we start. It shows us how to get to where we're going. And it shows us ultimately when we get to where we're going. God's the same way. God says, here we are, we're starting today. Now let me show you through the word of God how we're going to take this journey how we're going to do these things. And eventually at the end, he says this, he says, I pray that I get to tell you, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful does not mean that you were just a good person. Faithful means that you were just keeping your eyes faithfully on God and doing what he asked you to do. And I want you to understand, because there are times in our lives, in my life, that I've had to deal with things, and it's hard. It's very hard to trust God We go through these things and we have trouble. It's a choice that we make. We all have memories. And I was thinking about this because the memories that we have in our lives affect us one way or another. They're either good or they're bad. It's a choice that we make. And so what I want you to understand is that those things affect us. Think about this. Uh, When I was, was, uh, let's see, a junior in college, we were playing baseball. No, I was a senior in college. Let me get that right. I was a senior in college, and we played baseball down at New Mexico State, down in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And a- after the game, we went to go eat. And one of the places we went to go eat, there was a place we stopped, and there were places to eat all over. A- and one of those places that we had a choice to eat was Whataburger. And when I went to eat at Whataburger that day, I got some food that wasn't a- as done as it should have been done. And so what I want you to understand about this is that when you have food that is not done right, it doesn't sit very well in your stomach, nor does it help you sit very well the next day. And so what I want you to understand is that I had a tough day the next day. Not a very fun day. But you know what? I have a memory of that. And you know what that memory tells me? Don't ever go back to Whataburger ever again. And to this day, I've never been back. But (laughs) same thing happens when you have good memories of things. There are things that are in our life that we have great memories of. Maybe you went to Disney World, and you have fond memories of those things. And you'll do whatever it takes to take your children to help them to go to that place so that they get to experience the same things. It's a choice that we have. Those memories help us in one way or another. And and I want you to understand these things, is that when you take those memories and you include God in them, an amazing God, and you add an amazing God to whatever memory, good or bad it is, you'll get an amazing memory. An amazing memory. Think about any time that you've done something that God's asked you to do. That's an amazing memory. That is an amazing memory. No matter how hard it got, 
no matter how many times you broke down and cried, as long as you kept your eyes on God, you've got a great memory that you can tell your family, hey, I know what you're going through. And guess what? God's going to help you get through that. God is going to help you get through those things. God is going to be the answer that you've been seeking, and you're going to have such an incredible testimony to share with people and help others get through those tough times also. It's a choice that we make. You know, I want everyone to understand that when I first started serving God, I always thought, I thought, this is the answer. This is the thing I've been looking for. And I really had the thought that my life is going to be a lot easier. Quickly, I found out that it's not a lot easier. Because you know what I still have? I still have to deal with this guy. This guy makes some bad decisions sometimes. This guy gets in a lot of trouble sometimes. It's God inside of me that tries to help me get out of those things. And this is what we have to come down to, is that in this life, we're all going to deal with what's called pain and what's called misery. And there's an old saying that misery loves company. The problem is, is that we don't need misery to have company. We don't need their touch. We need a touch of God. Whenever those things come up in our lives, we have a choice. We can seek company that's just going to console us, or we can seek a God who's going to comfort us, lead us, and guide us out of the situation we're in. And I want you to understand, because I, I would love to sit up here and tell you, listen, I've never had a bad day in my life. I would absolutely be lying to you because I have had days where I've thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I've done everything that I know to do. I've trusted the word. I've gone through all these things. And I can tell you there was a tough day in my life uh, about a year and a half ago. I went into Pastor Stormy's office and I, I probably cried about five times in my entire life and I broke down and I cried. And I said, this was, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything that I know to do. Everything. I've trusted God. I've done everything. I've tried to step out on my own and, and, and reluctantly stepped out and stepped back in and stepped out and stepped back in. And, and it's not that I did anything bad, but I just, I, I don't know what to do. And we prayed about it. And that night, God answered the prayer. When I thought there was no chance, I thought there was no way, I have no clue how this is going to happen. But I found God in the midst of those situations. I could have cried to other people. I could have consoled. They could have come and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And that would have been wonderful. And I could have felt better about myself. And I could have said, oh, good. Somebody felt sorry for me. Or I could have gone and I could have cried to God and said, God, I don't know how, but I just need you. I'm telling you, God is still there. No matter what the situation is, God is always there. It's a choice that we make. Psalms 18, uh, verse 28 out of the New Living Translation says this. It says, you, have a, you light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. Understand those words because you know what? We get in some trouble sometimes. We create things in our lives because we deal with this thing called flesh that wants it right now, that wants to handle these things, wants to do these things right now. But we have a choice that comes back. Who are we going to follow? Us? We're going to follow God that will bring a light into our darkness, not to expose things, but to help us to get out of those things. I want you to understand that. Because God's not looking to expose who you are. God's looking to help you 
to lead you out of those things. That's what it comes back down to. I heard this thought yesterday, and I thought it was amazing. If your memories are bigger than your dreams, then it's time to change the picture. What I mean by this is when I talk about memories, I'm talking about past. If your memories are greater and bigger than what God has for your future, then it's time to realign and let God paint a new picture for you. Because our dreams should always dwarf our past. Because I know a God who's got greater and mightier things for me in my future than he did in my past. I used to live next to uh, one of the biggest uh, mountains. It's it's the largest flat-top mountain in the world. It's called the Grand Mesa. They were really creative. Um, You know, Grand Mesa. So, um, but I remember every morning waking up and looking at that. My house compared to that mountain was nothing. My car compared to that mountain was nothing. And you know what? My past compared to that mountain was nothing. You know what that mountain represents? My future. Because my future is a big future. And when I get to the top of that mountain, guess what I find? There's a whole bigger one that's above that. And a whole bigger one that is above that. Listen, we don't live for this moment. We live to make this moment a God moment and watch what God's going to do with the next moment. It's about following and trusting what God is doing. Uh, I heard this thought. Uh, actually, I was, uh, I was listening to Jesse Duplantis, and he's a, he's a great preacher. And he talked about this thing called faithing it. Faithing it. I was like, I guess he's a pastor. He can make up any word he wants. So, you know, we all go through that. So he said, I, I love to faith it. And I'm like, I have no idea what this guy is talking about. And he goes, he goes, my wife was walking through the other day and saw me and she, she, I just had my eyes closed and I was doing this and she goes, oh, there he is, faith in it again. And I'm like, what is this faith in it? He said, faith in it is this. He said, faith, like a child, will believe for whatever things. It, like my son, for example, he'll take a football and he'll play the Super Bowl 28 times in our living room in an hour. I mean, he's catching touchdowns, he's intercepting things, he's the quarterback, the running back, and the tight end, and the receiver, plus the kicker at the same time. He plays them all out in his head. Uh, if you've ever been around kids, you watch these things. If you give a kid a car, what do they do? They take the car and they, and they make the noise, and they go through all that stuff. And if you're close enough, what do they do? They drive all over you because you're the road now. And they go through all these things. That is what faith is all about. What are they doing? They're imagining themselves in the moment that they're believing for. So what's faithing it? Faithing it is you believing in the dream that God has for you right now. What's that look like? That looks like this. You may sit down and say, I've been believing for a new car. This car is not just any car. I believe in for a, you know, a Camaro, or I'm believing for a Porsche, or I'm believing for a Lamborghini. I'm believing for something that is way out there. And what do you do? You close your eyes, and you look, and you, and you turn, and you drive around. You do those things. If you're believing for a plane, what do you do? You fly around. You do those things. You may want to do it by yourself, but that's okay. <laughs> what you're doing, though, is you're starting to live in that moment. If you have a dream to do something, do it. That doesn't mean you need to sit back and say, well, I'm going to quit everything. That means you start living it by faith at that moment. What are you doing today? What are you doing? I'm preparing for tomorrow. What are you preparing for tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow's when I'm living my faith and my dream out. I'm excited. I can't wait for these things. 
but it starts today. Listen, how can we be prepared for tomorrow if we don't prepare today? It's about doing the right thing today so we're ready for tomorrow. We got to start living in those things. And listen, there is no age limit on anything. You would have to look at Abraham and Sarah and say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't have kids anymore. And God says, ha ha, watch this. It doesn't matter your age. You've still got a great future. It does not matter what's going on because God's still got great things to do with you. So whatever that thing is that's inside of you, build it back up. Build those things back up because God's got amazing things for you in your future. Hebrews chapter 6, and I'll begin to close with this thought. Let me get to it real quick. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. says this, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. Understand this, that God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end, in order to make your hope sure. Verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. Through faith and patience. So what does that mean? That means you practice driving a car every single day until you get in that car and you get to live out the dream that you have. And maybe it's not a car. Maybe it's a new house. Maybe you imagine the things of how you're going to build for your house. You know what my wife and I used to do? We spent four years in a rent house preparing for the house that we're in today. How did that happen? We would go by the store and we'd look and we'd like, oh, we need to buy that. Why do we need to buy that? Because we have the money for it today. And what are we going to do with it? We're going to put it in storage. Why are we putting it in storage? Because we're preparing for our house of tomorrow. And it's going to be amazing. And we're going to do this and this is going to go here and this is going to go there. I've seen this house. We've been married for almost 10 years. And 10 years ago, I saw this house in a vision. Ten years ago, I saw this house. And we were living in Clovis, New Mexico at the time. What I'm getting at is this. When you start to live your faith out, you get to see God do amazing things in your world. He starts to change little things. All of a sudden, you see things a little bit different. Oh, I can't wait to do this. Oh, I can't wait to do that. I can't wait for these things to happen. You start living that faith out. And when it comes to reality, you're prepared for it. Because I want you to understand this. If God puts you in a position, he knows that you can handle it. If you put yourself in that position, probably not going to succeed very well. Because what do we do on our own? Unfortunately, a lot of times we fall short. But God can do amazing things if we'll trust him. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.